0: Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. Lord of God, from today's epistle, from Revelation 21, we continue our look through the book of Revelation during this Easter season. May I read to you the following words. And he who is seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. And the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, to the thirsty will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. This is God's word. How many of you want to go to heaven? (laughs) You're wondering if I wanted hands raised, weren't you? Sure, go ahead. How many of you want to go to heaven? How many of you want to go to heaven right now? a little bit more hesitation, isn't it? If heaven, and I thought that would happen, if heaven is all that we know it is to be, why the hesitance? Why the reluctance? It's not, I don't think, just simple sinfulness that says, no, I want to stay here where there's sickness and death and evil and wickedness. It's maybe a little part of it. I think it's also the fact that those of us born and conceived in sin, which is all of us, we like what is comfortable, and we like what is familiar. We're focusing on Revelation, but there's a theme that goes through all three of our readings today, the one from Acts 11, where Peter tells of his vision where he is told to kill and eat animals that had been forbidden under Jewish law, under Hebrew law. Animals that had been regarded as unclean, and now he's told, kill and eat. The vision of the new heaven and the new earth in Revelation, and then Jesus, in John 13, talking about a new commandment. And I think that's a word, especially for us Lutherans, a word that makes us uncomfortable, the word new. Hmm. We often like what's old. We like what's comfortable. We like what we know. We like what is familiar. And that's why anytime a pastor comes into a church as a new pastor, and I'm not that anymore, I've been here a few years now, but when things go differently, right? Oh, things are new. That's not the way we do things around here. Or we have that age-old kind of tension between the younger people among us and the older people among us. The younger people with their faces and their phones and on social media, and connected to one another virtually instead of actually talking to one another and an older generation who just doesn't get it and a younger generation who calls us older generation i don't know which one i am i'm kind of caught in the middle of all y'all we're the boomers right stuck in our old ways and yet i don't know i can't fathom a world where not only do i not have the internet not only do I not have wireless internet, a world where I don't have the internet just on my phone, just connected to cell service, and I can instantly pull up the news, the weather forecast. What's the temperature supposed to be tomorrow? Here, I'll know it in 15 seconds. You know? What's the score of the Brewers game this afternoon? Pull it up. It's right there. You can watch it. You can listen to it. You can talk with people all over the world. It's become such a part of our lives and brought about so many new dynamics. And yet, many of us at the same time lament what has passed. A family sitting together at a table to talk to each other without the interruption of phones buzzing and notifications going off, without the preoccupation of something else we have to be doing, but actually looking face to face with one another and speaking. Sometimes the old is better. Other times new things come along and they're clearly better than what was there before. And Holy Scripture lays that tension before us because on the one hand, we as the people of God are to hold the things that have been there always, eternal truths, things that are not new, that God has made heaven and earth That we, His people, are the jewel of His creation. The old ancient truth that God has sent Jesus Christ to be our Redeemer. And that our blood is shed and we have new life in something that happened 2,000 years ago. And yet what Revelation 21 does for us is remind us that all that God has brought about in Jesus Christ is to make things new. Again, from Revelation 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband, maybe aren't as excited about the prospect of entering our eternity in heaven today, this moment, is because we've lost sight of exactly what it means that God will save his people. I think we often think of ourselves in heaven being these disembodied spirits floating around on the clouds for all eternity. We think of heaven as being some far-off land in another dimension that we can't even begin to comprehend what it's like. And yet that is not the way God reveals heaven to us. In fact, we don't even know how to talk about heaven. What is it that we say happens... When a Christian dies. We talk about how that person dies. And they go to heaven to be with Jesus forever. And that's it. That is so. Inappropriate. Well not inappropriate. It's just short sighted. There's so much more than that. To the eternity. That God has prepared for us. Yes when we die. We go to be with Jesus. He who says, today I will be, you will be with me in paradise. And yet as John sees in Revelation, our future is a new heaven and a new earth where the former things have passed away, where there's no more death, there's no more evil, there's no more weeping. It's a new heaven and a new earth. It's a creation with people in it. You and me. Made perfect. Do you want to know what heaven is like? The best way you can kind of start to wrap your brain around this. And I know it is hard to comprehend because heaven, paradise, eternity without sin and death is so out of our comprehension. But I want you to think about all the things in your life that are a reality because sin exists. We questioned this morning when we came in, how hot was it going to be here in the church? Because it's been a little toasty this past week. We don't have air conditioning here at our Redeemer, so we try to keep a little airflow going on those hotter days in the summer. Would it be too uncomfortable in here? not doing too bad yet, but we know it's going to get a little bit warmer. Why does it get uncomfortable? Why does the weather... Cause us discomfort. Why do we risk our lives driving on icy roads? Why do we get depressed with all the gloomy, rainy, cloudy, blustery spring weather that's so miserable? Why do we get uncomfortable in the summer heat and the humidity, sweating? It's because of a sinful, fallen world. Why is it that we have to go to jobs? and make money, and figure out how to put food on our tables, and buy clothes for our families, and put a roof over our heads. It's all because we live in a sinful world. Why is it that we hear things on the news, or have things come across our Facebook feed or social media accounts, that cause us anxiety, or stress, or frustration, or anger? It's because the world is broken. It's because there's sin and death and evil. When it comes to our salvation, the new is supremely better than the old. And that is what Jesus reveals to us. A new creation. A new heaven and a new earth where the former things have passed away. You know, I'll give you an example that we talked about recently in our Thursday Bible study. We were talking about the whole phenomenon of what our relationships with one another will be like in heaven. I know a lot of husbands and wives wonder about Jesus' words that say, we will neither be married nor given to one another in marriage in heaven. And so people often wonder, will I be will my wife be my wife in heaven? And women wonder, will my husband be my husband in heaven? are we not going to enjoy that relationship anymore? And the way I answer that is to tell them, well, you know, we're not fully sure of the impact of what Jesus says there, but we can know this, that your relationship with your spouse will be so far superior in heaven to what it is here on earth that you can't even begin to comprehend it. Every one of you who is married knows that even if you love your spouse, even if you would lay down your life for your spouse, sin creeps in and causes division and brokenness. And you fight and you argue and you get annoyed with one another. You get sick of each other and sometimes you wonder, how can I live with this person for the rest of my life? It's because sin is a reality. And it happens in every relationship, not just with... Husbands and wives, but parents and children, brothers and sisters and family and neighbors and friends and colleagues. Our relationships, as much as we value and cherish one another, there's brokenness because we're all sinful people. What would our relationships look like? With no death, no sin, no selfishness. No greed, no brokenness between us whatsoever. And so I told the Bible study group that day that, you know, your relationship with your spouse in heaven will be infinitely greater and more beautiful than it is right now. And you know what? You're going to enjoy that same kind of perfect relationship with everyone you know. Not only will your spouse still be special to you, or your mother, or your father, or your children, they will be more special to you than they could ever be here on earth. And so will every one of your brothers and sisters in Christ. You see, it is good that our Lord Jesus Christ makes all things new by bringing about a new heaven and a new earth. He's the Lamb who is worthy, as we heard in Revelation 5, to open the seals of the scroll, to unfold God's rescuing of this world. And let's face it, as much as we may love this world, as much as we may want to hold on to it for a little while longer and push off our eternity with Christ. The new, in this case, is always better than the old. But that new heaven and new earth is made possible by an old truth. Christ has died for sinners. The Lamb is worthy. He brings about what is new by what he's already accomplished long ago. And because you are redeemed in the blood of the Lamb and washed and your robes are made white in him, a new creation awaits you. Better than the old. Thanks be to God. Amen.